Welcome everyone to Six Pennies Podcast. We have four pennies today. Our, our brother, Mock, is not available, but I think he's going to try to join us later next week. We do have myself, Albie, and Timmy. How are you doing, Timmy? I'm doing great. We got a live podcast. No mistakes today. Yeah, no mistakes, no editing, which is my favorite part. Um, we don't know what we're going we're gonna to talk about. It's most likely going to be NBA-driven and then basketball cars-driven because that's basically 90% of our conversation, you and I, anyways. Um, I think the other 10% may be kids. No, no. We got about uh, about 8% 8 for, uh, for GameStop and then 2% for all else. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about Wall Street bets recently as well. Well, we were going to do that topic, but I don't want to provide any you know, misinformation. Just pump GameStop. That's really the... Uh, just, yeah, just, just do that. That's all that matters. Uh, all right, NBA. So Fred Van Fleet last night dropped a 50-piece. 54 points. What are your... What? Thoughts, Fred? Is, uh, is this the most random 50-piece since Corey Brewer? No, I mean, Van Fleet's probably, you know, a, a lot better, but still. Fleet is better, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know what happened there. He made 11 threes, right? And then you told me he got a couple of blocks and steals too. Yes, three blocks, three steals, 11 threes in the first, no, 11 threes total, eight in the first half. Um, he just, I feel like, so even though he's undersized, he's not very athletic, I feel like Toronto should be running the offense through him. It definitely should not be Pascal because he's not a really high basketball IQ guy. And Kyle Lowry is getting older in age, so I think they need to give it to Fred Van Fleet. I know it's weird because he's a small undersized not athletic looking guy but i think he's the, he's their best shooter he's their clutchest player and i think he's he can average 20 plus easy for that are we are we talking about the raptors today i mean they're they're not that great right they're still outside looking in in the playoff picture um i thought they would be better this season but they've they've picked it up they're they're right there on the cusp i think they'll they're probably on track to be in the the 7 to 10 tournament but you know i I don't think that much of them unless they can get somebody bigger down the line. Like Pascal and Van Vliet is not going to do it for them long-term. That's, right? that's a great topic. Let's get into that. So teams that were good last year, we thought they were going to make another jump this year that just completely fell off. One was Toronto, and you're right, they are coming back. It's still somewhat early in the year. I think it's a third of the season now, but they will be in the playoffs most likely. They still have a great coach. Miami. COVID, uh, COVID situations, injuries, they're 7-13 and 13 through 20. They it's are the thir third worst in the East in terms of record. And it's then Dallas, 8-13 and 13 through 21 games. They were basically a minus 400 favorite to win the Southwest Division. Wow. And they are on the outside looking in, also third to last place in the West. Let's start with Miami first. What do you think uh, is their issue you know, this season? I mean, they were the last ones out of the bubble, right? Um, the classic hangover season kind of thing. And it's it's tough because it's a short season. So um, I, I thought they would be okay with a lot of depth and youth and being able to uh, get past all that. But it looks like it's, it's catching up to them. Injuries and COVID have not helped either. Um, Hero has not taken another step. Um, it's kind of gone backwards since the the finals. Uh, and yeah, I think overall, they're just, they're not there. I, I, I'm not sure what to do with them, but you know, all that being said, they're second, third to last in the East. Like you said, they're, they're only two games, three games out of the, um, the eight seed, I think. So they're, they're very much in it. And if they can get into the play in and get to a seventh or eight seed, they'll be dangerous going against a, a one or a two. 
That's a great point. It's an interesting season this year. There's a play-in, right? It's, it's uh, somewhat similar to last season, um, but it's not just the top eight. So as long as they get into that play-in tournament, their season, their experience, I mean, the finals last year, obviously, so they know how to win. Tyler Hero, who was basically the Cinderella in the bubble, um, great shooter. He's not known to be a really good uh, playmaker, but I'm looking at his stats. I'm going to give you an over-under of each of the main categories, and you tell me if it's over or under. Do you think Tyler Hero averages more than 19 points a game? Over? No, way lower. Way lower. He's, he's more like, like 14? He's currently at 17 points a game. This one is pretty – Pretty interesting. Do you think he averages over under five rebounds a game? Up. A lot of good rebounder. Six, seven boards. I didn't know that. He averages six and a half rebounds. That's very great. Great rebounder for a six, five guard. Yeah. Over under five assists a game. I think under. He's he's not the playmaker we want him to be, right? 4.2 assists per game. You are three for three. His three. Let's look at his threes here. How many threes do you think he makes per game? I, I don't know. Like I haven't played fantasy basketball in three or four years. And that was, that was how I gauged how many threes per game that guys were making like, Oh, you know, in 10 years ago, two threes a game was great. And then it was like two and a half to three threes. And then like Davis Bertans is making the most threes in the league or however many he was making. I have no idea what's a good number now. What's a bad number. What's the, what's the over under you're giving me for hero. So last year he made 2.1 threes while That's a lot while attempting 5.4. That's a lot in like 25 minutes a game, yeah? Yeah, do you think he's making more or less than 2.1? I think less. He's making a significantly less number. Mm, He's he's, he's taking more attempts, so 5.5 attempts, but he's only making 1.7 at 30%. So he and Luca have taken a huge step back with those three. I mean, Hero is a a classic sophomore slump kind of guy. He's in Miami. He's a 21-year-old dude, you know. He's in Florida. He can do probably whatever he wants. I'm just kidding. I I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of things that can impact that. But longer term, I'm still bullish on him to be, um, you know, a borderline all-star. I I think he can still be a great player. He's not going to be like a top 10 guy in the league. But uh, he's going to have to pick it up up a little bit for Miami to have a, a decent shot, you know, getting, getting into the playoffs. One last point about Tyler, and he's a great shooter. That's what he's known to be, great shooter and great, um, you know, clutch shooter. But this is a big drop-off. He shot 87% from the free throw line last season. He's shooting 77 78% this season. That's a how many, how many attempts does he get? Off. Uh, he was only averaging 1.8 last season, and now he's averaging 3.2. But still, I mean, th- these are free throws. At 77, yeah. 78%, you're not elite. I would have expected him to be no. at 85%. You know, I, I never thought of Hero as an elite, elite um, three-point shooter. Or I, I think of him as as a do-it-all, like, um, you know, pretty good handles, pretty good shooter, like very good rebounder for his size. Like, he's he's doing a lot of different things. I don't see him as like his teammate Duncan Robinson, who's like an elite shooter, right? And mostly an elite shooter. Um, I, the great thing about Hero is that he has a lot of other aspects to his game. And I think he's got a lot of room to improve. Like you said, he needs to be above 80% from the line and needs to be making more threes. When you, when you uh, describe him that way, it reminds me actually of a Jason Terry. Obviously, there's three to four inches different in height there, but I think the, the style 
the clutch factor, you know, big game factor, I think they're pretty similar because Jason Terry, if you look at his metrics, he's not a great shooter in terms of percentages, um, but he, he makes big baskets at the big time. So I kind of see that very similar. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go on to your team then. Yeah, the time? Going to the Mavericks. I think they've lost, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row. Um, Bad, two man. To the Suns, two to the Jazz, one to the Nuggets, and one to your Rockets. The Rockets are overperforming and awesome right now, by the way. But Meh. six games, uh, six game losing streak for the Mavs. They're currently fourth in the Southwest, sitting eight and 13. What is wrong with them? And do you think they need to make a big. Man, you're, you're the one that's been watching them. I would love to hear what you think. I, I think uh, just really quickly, I, I think their offense has really fallen off a cliff, right? They were like one of the best offenses in the league last year. Um, and and Luca, even though he's putting up numbers, he definitely doesn't look as good as he did before. Um, it, and the, the shooting is just, it, it's not, it has not improved like we said that it needed to. Um, and it's, it's really hurting both from three-pointers and, and the free throw line, right? Yeah, you, you know, I've complained about his shooting percentages for over a season now. He's under 30% from three, which is... Which is oh, that's, West, that's Westbrook-ish. Yeah, it's very similar to Westbrook. Very similar yeah, that's Giannis-ish. Non-wall. I would say the biggest issue is shooting um, on the team. Um, honestly, I don't think people realize how big of a loss Seth Curry was. Huge. Yeah, I think he was one or two in terms of percentage last year. Missing He's the- that. Is, 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 isn't he the the free the three point percent leader in in NBA history right now? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think he, I think he's. Like I don't follow Seth anymore since he's not on my team, but I mm. wish him all the best. Um, Josh Richardson is good, but obviously he's not the same type of shooter that Seth is. Yeah. And we did have a lot of COVID issues. We had four to five guys out for seven to ten games, including Richardson. Um, yep. Ryan Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, yeah. all these guys that play a significant role on our team. And KP, I would say, is the biggest culprit because he has not been performing. No. Um, obviously, he's coming off a pretty bad knee injury, but he hasn't really – he hasn't had a moment yet this season, and I think the team is waiting for that. And I think, I think that's why I asked the question I did is, do you think the Mavs just need a, a splash in terms of a trade – um, and just bringing in new blood because there's something wrong with the team. They're, Luca called the team out a couple games ago. He basically said, it doesn't even look like the guys care that we're losing. And that was after the fifth loss in a row. Normally when a superstar player calls your team out like that, the very next game, the, the guys that get up for it and win, well, they ended up losing the next game as well. So it's not like um, it's something Luca can do verbally. Yeah, I mean, Luca is 21, or is he 20? He's 21 years old. Like, think about what you're doing at 21 years old, and think about what he's doing. And obviously, he's going to Vegas with you every weekend. Uh, we're, we're 20. Oh, you were 21. No, we're 22 or so. Um, he, uh, if we just think about what we were doing at that time, like our maturity level, um, the types of people we're around, totally different from what he's doing. Obviously he's played with grown men in the past. He's been a pro for a very long time. I don't know that he's grown into a leader yet of an NBA team. That's part of why they had JJ Barea around, right? Like he is like, he was like a leader, even though he didn't have to play a lot. He's super outspoken. He's fun. Everybody likes him. Right. And then they, they get rid of him and just pay him to, to not be around. 
Um, I think that's one of the the issues. Like, I, I don't know who the leader is on the Mavs. Of course, it should be Luca. In long term, it will be, but it's not going to be KP. And if Luca's not there yet, then who is it? I, I have no idea. What do you know the answer to that? Yeah, we don't have a Jason Terry. We don't have a Nowitzki presence um, on our starting lineup with Luca, Brunson, Kate, Dwight Powell, Powell, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, Tim Hardaway. I mean, there's there's no one that's really a, a leader type. The they all will follow Luca wherever they take wherever he takes them, but he also needs to improve his play as well. I I know he's 21, and at that point, it's impossible to be know 39 and 9 every single night but if you can show flashes of that I think it, it becomes expected and I think he has taken a little step back from his hot run early in the year um, he's not getting to the free throw line as much he's uh, forcing up bad shots and and it's very it's very obvious that the body language is really bad on this team right now if a player misses a shot or if a player misses a pass like everybody just runs back with their shoulders like slouched and head down. So it's, it's a very good team to be on. It's, I think it's a, it's a benefit right now that they're in Atlanta, they're on the road. So they have to kind of bring together, come together and and bring some camaraderie, but we'll see, man, if they lose tonight, seven losses in a row. Yeah. All that being said, they are eight and 13 and they're two and a half games out of the eight seed. You know, they're, they're right on the cusp of being in the, the playing tournament. So Anything can change. Obviously, it's a short season. They're about a third of the way through, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, go on a little run. Even after a six or seven game losing streak, they they have a great chance to be right back in the mix. I mean, let's get into a sponsor, and then we'll get yeah, we'll get into Luca and another another perspective. Well, let's um, you know, speaking of Dallas, like, have you talked with your buddies uh, Billy or or Deshaw lately? I actually just texted Billy twenty minutes ago. Uh, oh, he's gonna be your neighbor soon, right? Yes, so we, we are planning on moving at the end of the year. I asked them a question about, uh, you know, job situation and whether that's going to affect loan approval. And he answered right away within one minute. So wow. honestly, a, a, a real life application of how awesome he is. Yeah, that's Billy Nguyen with Loan Factory. Uh, Loan Factory is a national company that has uh, branches all over the all over the place. And Billy has the one in the Dallas Richardson area, I believe. Um, and he has a team of agents, brokers. Um, I think they have 30, 40 different lenders and they submit to all of them to get you the best rates for financing your home. Uh, or if you're going for a refinance, they have incredible rates right now. Um, I'm still trying to figure out when I'm gonna do my refinance, my second one with Billy. Uh, Albie's already done it a couple of times. I know Mock is as well. And uh, the great thing about Loan Factory and, and all their reps is that they're super responsive, very informative, always willing to answer any questions that you have, give um, you know, some, some advice. And, and they're not in it really to, to make a ton of money. They're in it to just get you a great deal and get you on their client list and, and have another person to support them so they can continue to get more business. So uh, the best way to reach Billy is um, his phone number. And that's 469-585-4498. You make sure to call him or text him, send him a message before um, signing up on loanfactory.com to make sure that he's going to be your agent when you sign everything up. Uh, you can also find out their info on facebook.com slash loanfactoryhq. And once again, that's Billy Nguyen and his phone number is 469-585-4498. The other guy that we mentioned was uh, Disha, Derek Shaw with, with Farmers Insurance. Are you guys going golfing soon? Uh, we played last week. I don't think we're going to play this week. Oh man, you guys just slacking. Uh, D Shaw has been our sponsor from the start and we love the guy because 
I mean, he's just a great guy. And he uh, is always there kind of like Billy to answer all your questions, give you advice, a consultation, and he'll give you a free quote on home, life, or auto insurance. Just shoot him a text or give him a call. His phone number is 214-729-6462. And the Facebook page is facebook.com slash Derek Shaw Insurance. And the best thing about D-Shaw is that you can get discounts if you mention Six Maze Podcast. There's discounts for new roofs or for um, various occupations you might have. Uh, just make sure to mention that, that we sent you over there and he'll give you a great rate. If he can't get you a great rate, he'll give you the advice for where to get one. And his phone number, once again, is 214-729-6462. All right. Okay, those, that's disappointments, right? Do we have more disappointments? Maybe the Pelicans? Oof, the Pelicans are super disappointing. So talented. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to touch on them too long. I think their issue is Eric Bledsoe. I just don't think he fits oh. on the team. Um, I think he, their issue is Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. Steven Adams clogging up the middle for Zion. Uh, that's a good point. But he's the only one that rebounds. Like I saw a stat the other day. He had like four points and like 25 rebounds. Like he's the only one on that yeah. team that will do the dirty work. I think they have lots of problems right now. I'm not sure about um, coaching either. Like is SVG the right guy for this era of basketball? Not a good fit. Yeah, not Hard a good no. fit. Um, but if, if I was GM, if I would – if I was David Griffin, I think the first move I would make is to trade Eric Bledsoe, whether that's for another player or just draft uh, capital. But I just don't think – and he's a, he's a solid guy, and he could fit um, well on other teams. I just don't think he fits with this team. Um, all right, so let's talk about Luca and some other guys that uh, uh, we're been, we've been collecting. So, obviously, you guys have talked about basketball cards. I've joined a couple calls regarding basketball cards, but um, I don't think people realize how into this uh, obsession, this collectible. I mean, the whole collectibles market is expanding. Um, Booming, man. It's yeah, out of control. Card is, is on fire. So, um, let's talk about Luca. So what are some of the more exciting or like proud uh, cards that you've acquired so far from Luca, that are Lucas? Yeah. I mean, I would say that, uh, you and I are, are kind of low level and entry level investors and trying to find some cool cards that we like of players that we think have potential to make some money in the future. If we want to hold some of the cards for even longer or just, you know, have them, it's a nice thing too. Uh, for Luca, it's um, it's interesting because his his prices have really steadied since October, November, and even declined a little bit um, to the point where I'm able to pick up you know quite a few like decent um, low end rookies for a much better price than it was at the time uh, when we started back in September, October. Um, it, it's kind of crazy because I, I think everybody in the in the the hobby has been on the Luca train um, since middle of last year, early last year, probably. And there are so many of his cards out there. It, it you know, when, when there's a new class of rookies, everybody goes for the new rookies, right? Everybody is trying to pick up John Morant and Zion and Tyler Hero. Um, and it's, it's weird that the Lucas are, have not been like as readily available. I think that's just because people are holding them. People are very willing to sell Trey Young or other rookies from a year or two back. Luca is still being held at a great rate, but it's also his prices are dipping a little. Um, so it's, it's nice to be able to buy in a little bit right now. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a weird time. I think all the money is kind of going towards the more sure bets from the past. There's a ton of money being thrown around at old Jordans and Kobe's, um, LeBron and, and the, the goats, really. Yeah, so let's, let's get into, I guess, the top players or the people that we're identifying as we uh, you know, the, 
the old guys, so like you said, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, obviously. But I think some of the top guys that we're also focusing on are Ja Morant, Zion, and Luca. And I think all yeah. three in terms of um, overall value has dipped a little bit. Is that true? Yeah, they've all been dipping. And I, I think it's it's a shift, right? If we think of the 2017 uh, to current versus anything older, there's a lot more money being shifted to the older stuff the past month or two. Um, so yeah, Ja and Zion, Luca, we just mentioned them all being on disappointing teams, right? And not winning. That obviously affects things as well. Ja was also hurt for a little while. He definitely saw a dip in his prices. And I think it's a great time to buy John Morant. I think that he is a star. Like his team is on a six game winning streak, right? Did, or did they lose? I think they won again. Lost. They just lost. Oh, they lost. Okay. So they just lost, but they had been, you know, they're, they're on a tear. They're probably on track to make the playoffs. Uh, and he looks like he's going to be great. And there's always more hobby love and a lot more money spent on guards than there are on big men. So Zion, he's at a better price point too, but I think that he started out at such a hyped level and, at, at a price point that's probably too high for him, that it's probably not the best investment to go into Zion, even though I've you know, definitely bought some of his cards too. Um, so yeah, those are the three guys I'm focused on. I'm not really going for the lower end guys. There's definitely money to be made. Like if you buy, buy guys at the right time, if you bought a bunch of Keldon Johnsons and Darius Baisley's and uh, whoever else. Kobe White's. Kobe White, not really. Uh, uh, Dar- Darius Gardlin had a great start of the season or like Colin Sexton from last year. If you get the guys and they, they have, you know, five great games in a row, you could sell them and probably make 30% on your money, 40% on your money, or even more pretty quickly in the preseason, Taylor Horton Tucker, when LeBron said that he was great, his, his prices went through the roof for like a week. And so if, if you can take advantage of that and you're willing to place bet, small bets on a lot of those guys, you can definitely make some some dollars. That's just not really what I'm going for. So for those who don't know, I'm located up here in Dallas. There was a card show this past weekend. I couldn't make it. Timmy sent me a, a picture or a tweet from them, and it just had too many people in there, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't ready. Not worth it. Not yeah. worth it. Not ready to risk uh, risk that. But for those who can't make card shows or don't have card shows, like how are you buying and selling these cards so quickly? Yeah, the great thing is that you don't you don't need to go anywhere anymore. It's, it's the amazing thing with technology. And I, I guess um, I've been following some, some people talking about sports cars. There's, there's more like podcasts out there and articles on New York times. It's, it's everywhere. Right. So there's, there's been a number of booms and dips through the years um, with sports cars. Like back in the eighties and nineties, there were companies that came in and decided, Oh, we can make a ton of this product and it'll sell. And so that entered a, a junk wax era where there's just like way too many tops and upper deck cards out there where everybody has dozens of them. They just became worth like nothing. And unfortunately, that's where you and I kind of started and mock like in the early 90s. Um, a lot of our cards are worth very, very little right now, unless you had like the, the best of the best players and inserts or parallels. Um, so there's a big dip there. I think things kind of went back up uh, in the early 2000s, maybe mid 2000s. Uh, between 2000 and 2010 uh, with kind of eBay. People realized, oh, we don't have to go to a card shop anymore. We can just order things online. It'll show up at my door. I did some of that when I first got out of college, was able to order some like Hakeem cards that I was ever never able to find um, or never able to afford. You can just get them for a few bucks and they get shipped right to you, which is awesome. Another dip followed that with the recession and um, 
now there's there's this other huge wave coming and it's really because of the internet and ebay is still king for like where you can buy and sell and see the most inventory out there see what the best price points are but there's so many other avenues you can use social media uh, people buy things on twitter and instagram facebook is the one that i'm using the most there are a ton of facebook groups out there with card collectors um, who will post things you can at, you can post and say you're looking for something you'll get responses you'll get better prices than you would on ebay without the fees uh, or sales tax. And yeah, it's a great way to be able to, um, to buy and sell and do it really quickly. Um, you need a few uh, supplies that you know how to package things safely and, and send them out, but you can print out your own labels at home. Um, it's pretty amazing. I think the only thing to be careful of is there are scammers out there. There's people looking to make money and you just have to make sure to do your research and be a little educated before you get into it. Yeah, I mean, with the pandemic, I think a lot of us got into, you know, hobbies or rekindled some hobbies that we used to be into. I recently got into bourbon, for example, and the bourbon world is, is very similar. Um, you can buy and sell on the internet. Um, you know, your big box chain stores may have um, certain brands and certain lines at retail, but it just goes, um, you know, just sells out instantly, just like boxes and stuff. Let's get into the boxes with cards. Um, so we do know Target and Walmart, they sometimes, um, you know, load up on boxes. Like if you are a, if you're a novice trader or investor in sports cards, how do you buy a box or is it even possible? Really tough nowadays. Uh, so back in the day, Target and Walmart did carry, you know, packs of cards. You'd also get them at your local hobby shop. A lot of those local card shops closed over the years. Some of them still exist. Uh, the prices on there are gonna be a little different from retail. Retail is always gonna be cheaper. So if you can buy from Target, Walmart, or a couple other assorted retailers out there, that's great if you can find them. But it's crazy right now. There's people that wait in lines at Target and Walmart. There are people that know the day that the vendor comes in and the time they come in, and they wait there and they buy as much of the product as they can. There are Targets and Walmarts that have either stopped carrying cards completely or they have signs limiting the number that each person can get. Because the deal is if you buy it at the retail price of say 10 to 50 bucks for a box, depending on the size, you could easily sell it on eBay, on Facebook, on Marketplace, anywhere for double. Um, and that's what people are doing. That's how people are making money. We were lucky enough to buy a few things online uh, before some of the bots hit them. We bought a few boxes. We were able to sell them and make a little bit of money too and to fund the purchase of some single cards. But yeah, in terms of sealed wax, you know, that's what I love doing as a kid. I'm sure you too. There's nothing like opening a pack and seeing what's in there, even if it's junk, which is really frustrating. But it's, it, there's nothing like that feeling, being able to hold the card in your hand for the first time. Unfortunately, that's not really where it's all at right now. There are people who love doing that, but they have to mostly pay a premium in order to buy on the secondary market. Yeah, there was one time where you and I got on FaceTime and you opened up uh, a few packs and we got like four pile guys. You remember that? Uh, we got like four Avery Bradleys, I think. Um, it was maybe Just, like two. We need, his, yeah. uh, we need his mom to see this podcast so she can buy all his cards. Who? His mom. Yeah, that's the only way it'll work. Um, yeah, the sports card market's crazy though. Like sports card market is crazy. Like everybody's buying Jordan and like sticking with Jordan. If you, if you do that, you're fine. An MJ rookie graded at the highest level went for something like $700,000 recently, which is at least five times more than it ever was before. And even like the lower end stuff is going through the roof. Kobe Bryant with the anniversary of his passing, rest in peace. His cards have been super in demand and going way up as well. It's a crazy time out there. 
I, I'm trying to, you know, stay restrained a little bit, but have definitely been overspending a little bit on our uh, It doesn't, it doesn't help that you're home all the time. And you At home all the time. I'm on my phone. Like there's so many ways to do this. You can do it on your computer. You can look on social media, anywhere you want. You can be getting cards. There's always deals to be had. Um, yeah, not the best. Let's, let's get back to the NBA. Let's get back to the real all right. players. All right. NBA, what do you want to talk about? Well, I mean, we talked about all the disappointments. Why don't we just get to the the best bets, the guys that we think they're going to do the, uh, not the guys, the teams that are going to go the furthest this year. I mean, we've gone over it a little bit before. We know that the Lakers and the Clippers are the class of the West, but um, how are you feeling about the Utah Jazz? They are currently number one in the West. Yeah, they went through, what, like a 12-game winning streak. So every time you do that, you are going to catapult up the standings. I don't like them as a team. I think they depend too much on like Jordan Clarkson and Boyan. I mean, they're solid role players, but I don't, I don't think you can depend on someone like that in the, in the playoffs. Jordan Clarkson can easily win or lose a game by himself with his 20 shots. So yeah, it's hard to, to like a team like that. I would say the most impressive, maybe not most impressive, but I am very impressed with the 76ers. Um, they recently just just beat the Lakers. Um, Embiid is playing out of his mind right now. Probably a front runner for MVP. MVP. Um, but the Sixers are are very interesting. And honestly, even though they struggle against really bad teams and they have a terrible defense, the Nets, I believe, are six and zero against the top five teams in the NBA. So they go. Okay. Up they play really well against the elite teams. They just lose against the terrible teams. And in the playoffs, I mean, that doesn't really matter, right? In a seven series, it's going to be really hard to defend Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. So um, although I don't like them as a team, the Nets are very interesting because they do play well against the top teams. And out West, I still have the Lakers. Um, I just think – they're better, better now. I've said this before. They're better now this year than they were last year. Um, and I think, uh, I think AD and LeBron are just coasting until the playoffs. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's no need for urgency. Like if they're in the playoffs, they are the favorite and they will obviously be in the playoffs. I think the only thing that I am interested in is, is if uh, LeBron keeps this going and can make a push for MVP, if he can get another MVP on his uh, on his mantle there, that would be huge to go with another championship. I mean, that would be out of this world. Um, I, I think they're the clear favorites. I, I like you. I, I don't believe in the Jazz. I like you know a lot of their players, and I think that they have a solid team. But I just you know I I don't see them doing enough to get past somebody like the Lakers or the Clippers. The other team that we didn't mention in the West is the Nuggets, and Jokic is another MVP type caliber player. He is doing incredibly. But same thing. I, I just can't see them going above the LA teams. Although, although scoring is way up, three-point shooting is way up, obviously 2021 basketball is even more pace and space than ever before. But we are seeing the return of the big men. If Joe yeah. Embiid or if Jokic wins the MVP, it will be the first center since 2000, since Shaq. Wow. Um, it's, been a, it's been a guard. It's been a wing player for two decades straight. It would be a huge thing. I right. think uh, you and I kind of talked about this offline in terms of uh, the, the biggest, the, the best PERS, PERS of the season. They're both big men. They're both Embiid and Jokic. And it's, uh, yeah. it's kind of a renaissance of big men right now. Let's, um, let's test our sports history knowledge, all right? I mean, we, 
we got a few minutes left here. I'm, I'm just so curious if we can name all of the MVPs from Shaq in 2001 oh, wow. to today. 20 years. Let's go. So you want to go backwards or forwards? Does it have to be in order or do I just name them? Uh, let, let's try it in order. See what happens. Uh, let's go. Let's start from 2000, 2001. So that's Shaq. Okay. Um, after that, we have a back-to-back -back winner. Do you know who that is? 0102 would probably be, I don't know, Duncan. We got Mr. Tim Duncan. I believe he won back-to-back -back in 02 and 03. And then Nash, back-to-back. -back. Nash, I believe, is 0506. Oh. Uh, so 04 would be, I, I actually don't know. Gar Garnett and Kobe 04, each won 04. one in there. Yeah, I think 04 is KG, because that's when the Timberwolves made Sure, yeah, yeah, that was with Spreewell and Cassell. So then you go Nash five and six, then Kobe, seven, or is it Kobe? LeBron and Kobe? Some combination in there seems about right. I think we're doing pretty good. It's Kobe, LeBron, LeBron, Rose, LeBron, LeBron. Yeah, LeBron is 08 and 09. No, oh, 09 and 2010. Rose is 2011, the first heat season, right? And then it's LeBron, LeBron again. 12 and 13. Oh, 07 is Dirk. Come on. Yeah. 07 is Dirk. So, nice. So Dirk, Kobe, Dirk, Kobe, LeBron, LeBron, Rose, LeBron, LeBron. And then it was 12, 13. 14 would be Kevin Durant. 14, I believe. 12, oh, 12 and 13 is Curry. No, 14 is Durant. Curry is 15, 16. 17 would be Westbrook, 18 is Harden, 19, 20, Giannis, Giannis, right? Yes. Who, who were the MVP Maybe. after Miami LeBron? After Miami LeBron was Kevin Durant. Durant and then the Currys, I believe. I, I mean, I think we named everybody who was an MVP. So, I mean, it's, it's in, in some order. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty easy, actually. Okay, fine. You want to go, you want to go further back? All right, and the, the 2000, uh, 90s? Uh, yeah, I don't, do, do you think anybody wants to hear this? Let, yeah, let's do it. LeBron, uh, Jordan probably has three in the 90s. Malone. Yeah, it's tough. I, I know that Duncan has one in the, in the late I, 90s, I, I like 99. I, yep. I think I got it. So it's Jordan, Jordan, Barkley. Yeah. Malone. No, Hakeem oh, is Hakeem, after Barkley. Hakeem, Hakeem, you're right. Hakeem. It was in Robinson. That's Robinson. Ninety four, ninety five is Robinson. Yeah. And then it was Malone. No, ninety six is Jordan when he, Jordan when he came Malone. back in the. Yeah, and then it's Jordan. Uh, yeah, Malone and then Jordan, I think. Yeah. And, and then, then Dennis Duncan, right? Ninety nine. It might be a did. Did Malone take a second MVP at some point? I don't know. I don't know. All right, that's pretty good. All right. That's good. Hey, let's talk about um, one more of our sponsors and then we'll wrap this up. So our other sponsor is Analytics Capper. So if you're looking into sports betting, it's everywhere right now. Um, Sharon sent me an article yesterday about the boom of sports betting and gambling and the legalization all over the place. Um, all these uh, different various companies giving promotions for the Super Bowl where you can just get free money um, just so they can get you in the door. And if you need some, the best advice possible, check out Analytics Capper. That's their, uh, their Twitter handle and their website, analytics capper, like a handicapper. 
and they have uh, data analytics, they have special algorithms, they have all sorts of real life experience so they can give you the best bets every day. And you can check them out for various subscription packages. They can, you can do something daily just to get started. You can go weekly or monthly and um, there's free plays all the time too. So check them out on, a, on their Twitter page, Analytics Capper or on analyticscapper.com and they'll get you some great bets to make. Awesome, well, thank you. I think we're just gonna close the uh, podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I think we covered everything. It's uh, it's your it's MVP to... pick. MVP pick um, as of today, uh, as of today, or by the end of the season, uh, both. So I think as of today, it's Joel Embiid. Okay. I think if we had to pick an MVP, like he has been the best, and the Sixers are incredible. I don't think he will sustain it through the season. I also don't think that Jokic can continue his momentum. And I think LeBron's going to take another MVP. And, and I, I think the I think the narrative is going to pick up in uh, in March, April, what, whatever is like six weeks before the narrative is going to hit. He's going to have some really big games. They're going to be best in the West, and it's LeBron with his fifth, fifth, right? Yeah, five. That's the caveat, though, right? They have to finish first in the West. Yeah, probably. I mean, if. It, it depends on the other players, right? It always depends on the competition. And we know it's not going to be Giannis. And we know it's not going to be Durant at this point with Harden and Kyrie on the team, right? And it's not going to be somebody like Steph Curry or Kawhi. So it feels like it's already a three-man race, a Jokic and Bede and LeBron thing. Is there anybody else I'm missing? Nope. I mean, there's great, there's great players. There's guys who are being incredible. Like Dame Lillard is awesome. And Devin Booker is good. But like none of these guys are going to be MVPs. Yeah, I, I agree. I think LeBron wins his fifth. Wow. Third, third team. And uh, I think that's just going to confirm that he's the greatest of all time. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for listening to our live pod of Six Pennies Podcast. Check us out on our Facebook page. Give us a uh, rating and a review on iTunes and hope you can listen again next time. Back to, uh, back to sports cards now.